sometimes in life you realize you've made a mistake. And on this episode and the previous one, I keep saying that Mr. and Mrs. Smith is the halfway point. I am an idiot. Okay, I'm wrong. Once I finish reviewing Suspicion, that will be the halfway point. My math, I, it's, and here's the episode. You'll see Carol Lombard and Robert Montgomery together for the first time. You'll see one of the funniest comedy situations that ever hit the screen. You'll see what happens when Mr. and Mrs. Smith discover that they were never legally married. Welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the podcast where I, Jeff, go through every single one of Alfred Hitchcock's movies in the order they were released, and I review them. Now, <clears throat> based on what you heard, the entrance, the, 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 the fact that this is a comedy, it makes me realize how out of touch my theme music can be. It's really based on his later movies, because there really haven't been that many just straight-up scary thrillers. And I'm realizing as I look through his uh, his IMDb filmography, he's really just it's associated with that sort of dark tone because of a handful of movies, namely Psycho. But this one's a comedy, and it came out in 1941, and it stars Carol Lombard, Robert Montgomery, and Gene Raymond. Uh, Carol Lombard plays Anne Smith, and Robert Montgomery plays David Smith, and Gene Raymond plays Jeff. Guess which one's my favorite character? And I'm not just saying that. Uh, this is a love triangle movie. This is classic silent movie Hitchcock, except that there's talking in it. And... Uh, Basically, everything's well acted. Uh, the the people are charismatic enough. The story is just stupid. But our protagonists, as you heard, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they I don't know what they like. It starts off where they're both like on a bender, I guess. I don't know, because they're in like a hotel room or maybe it's their own house. And there's just garbage everywhere. She's passed out. He's awake and eating room service, I guess. Then he like pretends to not be in the room and she wakes up and then he spooks her. It's dumb. Okay. Well, after this, like apparent, it was like seven days, I think they said, where they just disappear. They leave society and they sit in a hotel room uh, and then they come back to society. They've been known to do this a couple times and they're having breakfast one morning and 
Anne poses a hypothetical. She says, and this is foreshadowing to the craziest degree. This is just out and out telling you the plot. She says, if you had to do it all over again, would you still marry me? And just before this, they've talked, they're talking about how they're so open with each other. They're so willing to tell the truth. And so it's like, all right, I'll tell the truth. No, I wouldn't. Because there's certain things that single men get to do that married men don't get to do. And he says, she clearly gets upset because dudes, listen, this is the wrong answer no matter what. I mean, just use your brain. He's he's like, ah, it's a moot point anyway. You know, we're, we're married. I'm not leaving you. Well, come to find out, as you heard, they are not married. There's this guy comes in to Mr. Smith's office and explains the whole situation. What can I do for you? Were you married in Beecham in March 1937? Yes, I was. Well, you know, Beecham is on the other side of the river, and it was always incorporated in Brenda County. But you see, Brenda County is in Idaho. And so, well, you follow me, don't you? Yes, yes. Well, we in Beecham found out we had no right to be incorporated in Brenda County because from the other side of the Bass River, we belong in Nevada. Yes, well, well, well. Yeah. Well, we just found out that anybody who got married between 1936 and now with an Idaho license in Nevada... Well, it isn't legal. What do you mean it isn't legal? No, 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 I, I don't want you to be frightened or upset or anything, but there's been a kind of a mistake. You're not legally married. This conversation happens immediately after he has the conversation with his wife saying, would you remarry me? How fortuitous. What incredible luck. And our protag, Mr. Smith, decides this would be a great time to start like he books an appointment with his wife to do dinner, right? And he writes it down in his schedule by her maiden name, not Miss Smith. Because he's so excited to not be married to her anymore. Well, our, the, the gentleman you heard, uh, Mr. Kinney or Rennie or whatever, he goes to, he's actually old friends with Ann Smith. And he goes and he delivers the same news. So they both know that they are not legally married. But Mr. Smith knows or does not know that Mrs. Smith knows. So they go out to a fancy dinner. She expects them to be making a trip to the courthouse. And she's like, shouldn't we get going? Don't we have somewhere to be? And he's like, no, we don't. And they go home and she's. Starts to realize he's not going to propose. He's just going to let it let it go. And she gets livid and throws some stuff and storms out. And she's like basically immediately done. She's like, you really? But when you said that you really wouldn't remarry me, you meant it. So she runs into the arms of Jeff, the other guy in this story, this love triangle. And Jeff is actually a partner in the same firm as Mr. Smith. And Jeff is a good dude throughout the whole movie. He respects women. 
he go like he they go on a date uh Jeff and the former Mrs. Smith and and they get they get on one of these like you know those at the fair they're like swings that go up and spin you around it's kind of like those but older and more rickety uh something I wouldn't get on and they get on this and it's a great scene because of the the camera tricks and the way you really get that sense of vertigo no pun intended watching this scene and but then they get stuck in the air and then they start getting rained on but the problem is the whole time they're on this date Anne cannot shut up about david mr smith she goes on and on she keeps telling jeff why jeff is better than david because david does this and you don't do that david is a jerk you're a gentleman and i get like paying him compliments but when you just keep comparing them to your former husband or former not knowing that you were anyway so they go back to jeff's place and jeff's like my place because he isn't prepared for this i guess i don't know they go back to his place get everyone dried off and he starts sneezing and she gives him whiskey i guess or brandy because she thinks it's a cure-all and uh he doesn't drink he even says well i keep it around for guests but i don't actually drink and he talks about he was at some uh what do they call it what was that called uh where the people were talking to temperance yeah some temperance meeting i think it's called where they talk about the evils of drinking and it had such an effect on him well she pours him like a you know like a normal glass that you would have orange juice in or whatever she fills it halfway. So this is like a quadruple, not a single, a double, but a quadruple. And she tells him to drink it all in one gulp and it doesn't even phase him. He's like, oh, okay. And she's like, oh, maybe you can hold your liquor better than I thought. Let's get you a second one. And he's like, I don't think that's a good idea. She's like, now, now do what I say. So he gets a second one, which is now like a double as opposed. So he said six drinks, six shots. And it wastes him, but he's still a gentleman. He, he even says, I'm a little worried that I've been drinking. I won't be able to be a gentleman. And, but in doing so, he's a gentleman. And she's like, I'm going to go home. You know, clearly you need to rest. He's like, okay, I'll drive you home. And she's like, nah, that's not a good idea. Anyway, they leave. So Jeff is clearly a good dude. He's honorable. And the whole time, David Smith is trying to block. He's trying to get his wife back now because he had the chance. And now that he doesn't have her, he regrets it. And he's like coming back to her. You, you said, you know, you would keep, you would marry me again. And now I'm telling you, I want to marry you again. We need to get married. And she's like, nah, I've moved on. And the, David's constantly inserting himself in like dates. So there's this guy, they keep, David keeps going to like one of these bathhouses where uh, it's like a sauna and there's these dudes just laying around and he meets this guy. I don't know his name, but he's kind of like a, a bachelor, your typical bachelor guy. And uh, he talks about, Hey, I'm, I know a girl. Okay. He gets a phone call. He's like, get, get Greta on the line. I think her name is. And they talk to each other. She likes your voice, dude. She likes you, man. We're going out to 
we'll go and we'll meet up. You'll meet these girls. And so he plans, David does, to go on this double date with this dude from the sauna at the same restaurant that he knows Jeff and Ann are having dinner because he's going to try to make her jealous. But when he gets there, you can tell that the movie is trying to portray these women as unattractive and they're not really, they're a little older than Anne is and they have a little more meat on their bone than Ann bones than Anne does, but they're not unattractive women by any means. Um, but they eat like a whole bird with feathers and everything. <laughs> no joke. And, uh, you know, they're just rock. They actually seem to be more fun. Frankly, they're having a good time. Uh, but there's a pretty woman at the table next to him. And in order to make Anne jealous, he pretends to talk to her. This woman, this stranger and her husband sees it. And walks off. He gets busted, basically. And then he starts to... So he keeps trying to talk himself out of the situation. He doesn't want to be in the restaurant anymore. He's with a woman he's not attracted to. Crazy people. Like, to me, it's not that the... He clearly finds her unattractive. But that's not the big problem. The big problem is, is they are over the top. They're drunk. They're having a great time. And he is not with it. So in order to get out of here, after making several excuses that don't work, he decides to give himself a nosebleed by punching himself in the face and hitting himself with various things. He's, oh, I got a nosebleed. Well, this causes his date to just tackle him and use a knife somehow, a cold knife to stop it. I don't understand. And of course, Anne sees this and he's like, wow, I've really made a fool of myself. And there's various things like this where Jeff inserts himself in a conversation, not Jeff, but David inserts himself like uh, Jeff is introducing Anne to his his parents. And he's like, you know, this is the woman I'm dating now and they're having a good time. And David shows up and basically just is like, she used to be married to me. And, you know, kind of just sells them both out. And then they go to this camping. I don't know what you call it. Somewhere up north where it's snowing real hard. And Jeff and Anne decide that they're going to get away. Oh, who should show up? But David again, he's there. And apparently this is a place they had planned. David had planned to take Anne uh, several months ago because he keeps repeating it two weeks in January or whatever. But he shows up. He's like totally frozen and he faints in front of them. They bring him into his apartment. Of course, he's faking it. You know, he's not actually comatose as he pretends to be and talks in his sleep and he gets found out pretty quickly by anybody with a functioning brain. And Jeff, at some point, because he's not an idiot, realizes that she's still in love with him because she constantly talks about him. Anytime Jeff does something nice for her, she's like, oh, David would never do this. Oh, you know, that's why I like you because you're not like David, David, David. And it's gone on their entire relationship in this movie. All she can do is talk about David. This is going to be a short episode, I think. That being said, it felt like the movie dragged. Uh, it is a comedy and there are still funny things that, you know, have aged as far as comedy goes. Well, there are some things that have not aged well, such as the way the fact there's a point in this movie where David is trying to get Anne back and he literally puts her in a headlock. 
And Jeff comes in the room and she's like, punch him, punch him, Jeff. And Jeff's like, what good is that going to do me? Are you going to respect me if I punch him? She basically knows that there's no way they're going to work out because she's still infatuated with this dude. But he did put her in a headlock, but she doesn't seem to mind, even though she pretends to mind. They have this really gross, <laughs> unhealthy relationship. Now, granted, we we live in an, er- an era now where we know that these type of abusive relationships, people going back to abusers exist. And that's what this is. They have this codependent mess of a of a life together uh he mistreats her and she only loves it all the more and the more he she rips on him and tells him he's an idiot the more they love it so the final scene is jeff has basically said you know what i'm done all right this is clearly not gonna work and he takes off and Anne puts on these skis to try to go into town because there there's like a sleigh thing that basically she needs skis and she kind of gets stuck in the chair somehow because she's stuck in the skis well she gets her foot out but then re-sticks herself because she wants to stay in the room with mr smith and she yells for him and tells him get me out of these get me out and then he comes over and they kiss this movie is so stupid it's not bad it's just dumb uh, like the premise isn't bad and the acting's good and the execution is fine it's just i don't know i don't have anything else to say it's just it's fine. you can skip this one all right that being said i and you are now halfway done i have watched 50 percent of Alfred Hitchcock's movies now for this podcast. I've obviously seen more than that uh, for the ones I'll be seeing in the future. But, uh, and with that marker, uh, the halfway mark, we act, our next movie is called Suspicion. Uh, And this is another 1941 flick. And uh, Joan Fontaine, who is in Rebecca, she played the female lead, the unnamed female lead in Rebecca. Uh, She comes back and she stars alongside Cary Grant. And if you don't know who that is, we're going to be hearing his name a lot. Pretty much for the foreseeable future. Um, He is in a ton of Hitchcock movies. I don't know who has the record uh, between it's either Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart are in the most Hitchcock movies. So uh, what we're going to hear a lot from Cary Grant. Cary Grant is in North by Northwest uh, that we'll get to much later. But he's great. He's just super charismatic. Think of like your dad was also James Bond. That's Cary Grant. Maybe. I, you know, I don't know. But uh, I'm really looking forward to the next one because uh, I think we're at this halfway point. It's just going to be we're going to start getting some bangers. Just back to back great movies. I'm hoping. Yeah, You know, I could be wrong. But as I look down the list, I mean, we're starting to get. Uh, to some real good things. Um, mostly just the sheer amount of Cary Grant, like the one after. Well, it looks like Cary Grant's actually not in any of the ones immediately after this. So we'll see. I don't know. I clearly have gaps of my knowledge that I will be filling. 
Uh, but I do want to thank you again for listening. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so at hitchcockchronologically at gmail.com. You can also go to the Discord link in the description. You'll find me there. Also, be sure to check out my other movie podcast, which is called DOS Movie Draft House, H-A-U-S, Impossible to Find. I'll put a link in the description uh, where me and Mark, we go through a more broader scope of movies than just alfred hitchcock uh but that's it for this one we're halfway okay Whew. the worst is behind us and uh, hopefully we're just gonna get hit after hit thanks for listening